Well, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, this is Dave Everett. Uh, my wife, Sherry, should be part of this as well. We're live-streaming our Bible study because of everything going on, and uh, uh, hopefully you're getting this. So we're going to get some time to allow people to log in, whatnot, and we're trying to log in on our computer so we can see if uh, anyone has any comments so you can participate in this Bible study. So we do this Bible study every every Sunday night. It's usually here right in our living room, but, but because of the nature of things, we're actually doing it online to Facebook. And we're starting a new Bible study tonight called Dumb and the God. Uh, we'll probably repeat some of this again once everything gets back to normal uh, here locally. But because of the nature of things, we still wanted to have a Bible study, and we're going to do a live stream on Facebook, and it's on Dumb and the God. And so this is uh, Dumb and the God is written by Andrew Womack, and uh, Sherry and I were both graduates of Karis Bible College, uh, school that uh, Andrew is, and Womack is the founder of, and we've been following his ministry and uh, other people who are connected with his ministry for the last uh, few years, probably since 2009, so about, I guess, 11 years now. Anyway, we're going to get started here in just a second. We're just trying to uh, get all the speed bumps out of the way. Uh, a little different setup than we have normally been doing in the last four or five years. And so just bear with us. Uh, I think Sherry's on, so she, we can see any comments uh, as anyone gets on. So I don't think anyone's on yet, as far as I can tell. Uh, so maybe... Uh, text. Let's see. Yeah. Can you tag? Welcome to our Sunday Night Bible Study. We're going to do Dome of the God by Andrew Womack. Uh, we're going to start it off tonight. We're starting off a new book, but because of the nature of things, we're live streaming our Bible study tonight. And so, uh, blessings. And so we have people already from the Dominican Republic joining us tonight. So we're going to be worldwide Bible study. So here we go. <coughs> um, so again, for those of you who are local, uh, we're going to be probably repeating this once we get back into normal, but uh, uh, here we are, uh, Don't Let Me God. Uh, and so, my Andrew Womack, again, Andrew Womack, is based out of Colo uh, Colorado and Wyndham Park, and we have been graduates of this Bible college called Karis Bible College, and we also have been following his ministry for the last 11 years. So anyway, we're going to get into our Bible study tonight, and the way we normally do it here is uh, Sherry will read the context. Uh, at least a portion of it, and then we'll talk about it. And uh, I'll give my two cents. And if you have any questions or comments, uh, try to keep it, those comments or questions to pertaining to the material we're talking about. Uh, if you have any additional comments or questions, you can ask me through another media uh, uh, for this Bible study. Keep your questions, uh, at least your questions. You can say hi or whatever. I'm, I'm good with that. You know, we can see where you're coming from. Uh, as far, at least as far as coming from, as from a geographical area in the world. But uh, uh, just keep your questions regarding the material, hopefully, here in this context, and uh, ask me any question in the other way. Uh, you can also follow our, our website at uh, lighthousediscipleship.org. We have today's teaching for this morning's service on there, uh, being established in his peace. And again, we're going to be doing the Bible study, Don't Let Me God, here in just a moment. So we're getting, we're excited about this. So anyway, um, feel free to uh, 
comments or questions as we go. So Sherry, if you can start us out, it might be nice and loud, of course. Uh, uh, let's read an introduction to Don't Let Me God by Andrew Womack. So. All right. The introduction, this is by Andrew. March 23rd, 1968. Many of you have heard me talk about this date as being the most significant one of my life in ministry. On that day, I had an encounter with the Lord that completely changed the way I viewed God. As a result, I became a new person and the vision for my, my ministry was birthed. But there is another date you may not have heard about, January 31st, 2002. On that day, God spoke to me from Psalm 78 and told me that my small thinking had been limiting what he wanted to do in my life. I had no idea I was limiting him, but I made an immediate decision to change my thinking. I made the decision to take the limits off God. At the time the Lord spoke to me, the ministry was only reaching 6% of the American television market. Now the Gospel Truth television program completely covers the United States market and most of the English-speaking world and reaches over 3 billion people. We have grown exponentially in many other areas as well, all because I dared to take the limits off God and believe Him for the bigger things He had wanted to do all along. We would definitely not be where we are today had I continued to limit the Lord with my small thinking. All right, thank you. Thank you, Sherry. So that's the introduction. Again, uh, we're uh, reading from uh, Don't Limit God by Andrew Womack. And uh, Sherry just read the introduction. We'll, we'll get into chapter one in just a second. Uh, you know, Andrew was sharing uh, his, uh, uh, how he was limiting God and early on in his ministry, you know. And uh, I think we all struggle with this. And we'll find as we get into the study that we all struggle with limiting God and our, 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 our natural thinking, you know. I mean, if we, you know, for example, Andrew shares his own testimony how he is now reaching 3 billion people. I mean, just from our living room right now, we're reaching people all over the world. I mean, right now we have people from the Dominican Republic uh, in other parts of the country. Today, this morning, we were reaching people from Belgium uh, and other uh, countries all over the world. And so, you know, um, and it's not, not just technology, but... We don't have to limit God in our thinking. We don't have to limit God in our, our vision, our purpose for our family, for our lives, for our ministry. And uh, we just have to, uh, and so we're going to be studying about that, how we shouldn't be limiting God. Uh, we're the church. We're, we're the people of God. We're born of God. We're the people of God. We're born, and so uh, we don't need to limit God in our prayers. Whatever we're praying for God for, whatever, whatever we're trusting God for, whatever even in this season of uh, uh, this uh, plague and uh, spirit of fear and everything else that's going on with this uh, coronavirus, you know, we don't have to limit God. Uh, we're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. We are the people of God. We're born of God, and, and we don't have to limit God. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think according to his power that is at work. It's working in us. And so uh, don't look at what we're going to be talking about. Okay, so we're going to get into chapter one. Again, we're reading from Don't Limit God by Andrew Womack, and the title of chapter one is called Wrong Beliefs. And so, uh, Sherry, if you can go ahead and read that one first section, if we're a little lengthy, uh, but go ahead and read that first section. Wrong Beliefs. Do you know 
know that chances are you are limiting God? Most people limit God in one way or another. There are many things that can hinder or limit what God can do in your life. One area in which people limit God is through their wrong beliefs. Many think that God is in total control and that everything that happens is His will. They blame Him for everything while having a fatalistic theology that says everything that happens must somehow or other be God's plan or purpose for their lives. If their marriages fail, they think maybe it's God's way of breaking them or humbling them. If their businesses fail, they accept that this is God's will. When I went to India in 1980, it was a total culture shock, but I learned a lot. One thing I learned was that India is really a very rich country. In fact, it's one of the most populous places on the face of the earth and has an abundance of natural resources. India's lack of prosperity isn't due to finances or resources, it's because of their belief system. When I was in India, I noticed that people were literally starving to death while meat roamed through their homes. I was actually in a house holding a Bible study when a brown bull walked in the door. Everyone pressed against the wall and let this big Roman bull do whatever he wanted. All because Hindus believe that the animal could be someone's reincarnated grandmother. The Hindu people won't eat beef, but they will eat some lower forms of meat, such as dogs or goats, because they believe these animals represent the reincarnation of lower life forms. The Hindu people have resources that could end their hunger, but their religious belief system limits them. They also believe that they are born into a caste system, and if they do anything to try to get out of it and improve their well-being, they might be reincarnated as an ant or something worse. Their belief system has impoverished their nation and limited them. Many Americans attempt to go into different cultures and simply throw money at the problems, thinking that that will solve something, solve everything. Yet money is not the problem in India or anywhere else. It's the belief system of the culture. People need the gospel, as well as a set of principles and a moral code, which will cause them to change their belief system. Once these things are put in, a, in place, nations will begin to prosper. A culture's belief system will limit its people and keep them in poverty. Likewise, many people in America think the government owes them welfare, needs to increase their payer benefits, and should give them more guaranteed health insurance. That is not our problem. Our problem is right between our ears, the way we think and believe. Proverbs 23.7 tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Our lives go the way of our thoughts, Romans 12.2. If we want to change, we shouldn't pray that somebody will just give us more money, nor should we take money from somebody who has it and give it to those who don't. That's not our answer. Our answer is to start taking the limits off our wrong thinking because the way we think in our hearts will direct the course of our lives. We need to change ourselves, our thinking, our mindsets, if we want to take the limits off God. Amen. Thank you, Sherry. So uh, normally, too, I would be asking along the line, and, and I will continue to ask you, if you have any questions uh, about what we're reading, what we're talking about, uh, along this topic of don't limit God, 
and specifically we're talking in this section Ron beliefs, uh, Ron thinking. Uh, feel free on Facebook to put those questions there so we can include you in the dialogue and I'll do my best to address those questions as we go forward. Um, but uh, you know, Andrew makes some very powerful uh, points here in uh, the first section that we're reading here and don't let a God, Ron beliefs, uh, you know, the way we think. As a man thinketh, so is he. You know, um, but uh, yes, and that's true, and I'm totally amen to that. We uh, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Um, but and, and, to, and that's all true. I'm not trying to try to take away from that. But where do those thoughts come from? You know, whatever our diet is, whatever information. I talked about this a little bit this morning. But uh, whatever our diet is, if we're we're if, uh, you know. The Word of God, Jesus is our bread of life. But at the same point in time, if uh, we're listening to the bread of sorrows, if we're listening to the the, 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 the the knowledge of the world right now through news and whatnot, you know, if that's our normal one diet, if uh, the information we're putting into our thinker, into our mind, and those those thoughts uh, form imaginations and whatnot, uh, then, then, you know, we're not feeding our mind with good thoughts to even think about. Um, you know, I mean, I know there's a lot going on right now with this coronavirus, the virus itself. There's a lot of fear. There's ordering. There's all kinds of political conspiracy and the different things going on. And I'm not going to get into all of that. That's not the, the purpose of this uh, Bible study. The purpose is to study the Word of God. I'm not here studying all the counterfeits. I'm here studying the real thing. But... I believe if we have a good diet of the Word, first of all, a good relationship with God ourselves, but it'll be in the Word, uh, a good church, good good teaching, good fellowship, like-minded believers. Uh, if we have a good diet, that's, and we're going to get into it in just a moment, uh, about influence. But it's going to influence our thoughts. It's going to influence what we think about, what we dwell on, what we meditate on. Actually, I want to go to a scripture real quick. Uh, it's not in our reading, but it's just coming to mind. But in Joshua... Go ahead and turn with me if you have your Bibles uh, uh, on your phone or your device, whatever it might be. But in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, again, I'm just letting the Holy Spirit lead with this, uh, but in Joshua, chapter 1, and I'm going to get the verse, I think 8 is what I want. Um, uh, but God tells Joshua, this book of the law shall not be part from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you, then you will have good success. If we want to be prosperous in our lives, now I'm not just talking about money, but it doesn't exclude money either. But we want to be prosperous in the way we're thinking. We want to be prosperous in the way we're living. Uh, even in, 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 uh, in situations like we're facing now, if we want to be prosperous, if we want to have good success, our success does not come from our paycheck. It doesn't come from our vocation. It doesn't come from the government. And it doesn't come from anyone or anything else. It comes from God. God is our source. And uh, even in a time like this, maybe you're on furlough. Maybe you don't have a job. Uh, maybe you just have cabin fever because you've been stuck in quarantine for so long. But I pray that God can give you something to do. And uh, uh, even in situations like this, there's people who you can call. There's people you can write, uh, send a card to. There's different things we can do. Um, you can get creative. 
uh, even in times like this. I know um, the early church went from house to house, and maybe that's not possible for you right now, but there's still ways we can go from house to house with technology and innovative thinking. But my point is, that what I'm trying to get to, is the way we think, as a, uh, as a man thinking, so is he. And we're talking about, um, you know, don't limit God. It starts with how we're thinking. You know, there's a message I've done before in the past that we need to dream big. And I don't care how old you are, how long, how, what's going on, how many broken dreams you might have had. It's time to dream again. And dream big. Dream what God wants to do in your future. Dream about what God wants to do in your present. Dream what God wants to do about right now in this season. I mean... How many times when we were so busy, we asked if we had more time, we would do such and such. Uh, well, we got all, some of us have all the time we can desire. Of course, with all our time, sometimes we can't go to certain places and we can't do certain things because it's closed. Uh, we're not allowed to. But uh, at the same point in time, don't limit God. And I'm not so much talking about what the season we're in, but in the next season. How do we get ready for the next season? What? Maybe there's some online training you can do. Maybe there's something that you can do to plant seeds for the next season. Um, so maybe you need to polish up your resume. I don't know what the case may be. I'm just, uh, I'm just uh, trying to get some thoughts here. But what's your most dumb? We're going to get into this, I'm sure. But whatever your most dominant thought is, that's the direction your life is going to go. Uh, but we need some influencers. What's it going to influence our thinking? You know, if we're, if, we're, if we're feeding on the news all day, if we're feeding on other things, if we're just twiddling our thumbs all day, you know, our thinking might not be so high. We're, all we're doing is scrolling through Facebook all day. And again, nothing wrong with that in and of themselves. But, uh, you know, we, uh, if we're not going to not limit God, then God needs to be the big part of our diet. Uh, faith comes from hearing the Word of God. And we need to be in the Word. We need to have a relationship with God. Uh, and that right now, we none of us have an excuse. Most of us, with this season, uh, we have all kinds of time on our hands. We we can get into the Word. We can uh, even through our ministry on our website at LighthouseInsideTheShore.org, we have free Bible classes. Uh, there's no reason why. I mean, I'm not, we're not trying to promote here. We're not marketing here. And at the same point in time, we offer free Bible classes. If you want to get closer in your relationship with God, then the things we offer things for free. There's millions and billions of teachings from Andrew's ministry to our ministry, other ministries. Uh, there's things, and it's not just teaching, it's not just worship, but there's things we can do. There's people in jail you can write. There's people in hospitals you can send a card to. And I'm, uh, I'm just giving out a, a few examples, but you know, there's things that we can do uh, that don't limit God. And so, uh, anyway, do you have any thoughts, Sherry? Any comments? Um, just the, the big thing, if you're anything like me, you are so hard on yourself. Why am I limiting God? Why am I not where, say, Andrew Womack or Dave is? You know, they can uh, quote scripture right and left. You go to them for wisdom, and you're like, how come I'm not there? And just, you know what? Start start where I started. You know, get, get that re relationship with God going. Um, have that diet that Dave keeps talking about of being in the Word, being in good teaching, um, good fellowship. You know, as as a woman, you know, I need spiritual mamas out there, and I I have a handful of spiritual women who, whether they're older than younger than me, they've been there, done that, and they're a good influence on my life. 
You know, I was blessed with parents who are not just my natural parents, but they're spiritual parents. I have a, a godly husband, so I'm I'm a little blessed in that area because I have that spiritual head in my house. But, you know, I, I just encourage you, whether you're a baby or maybe not, um, say, as active um, in your spiritual walk as you would like, you know, start somewhere. Um, my mom and I like to laugh that Rome wasn't built in a day. You always start somewhere, even if it's a little thing. Um, Dave likes to quote the verse, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Start somewhere. And your day will just, you will have so much joy and peace if you just start talking to God, start getting in the Word, uh, start doing Bible studies uh, with your family. Just even, you know, Dave grew up um, giving his dad a verse, one verse. It wasn't a whole chapter. It wasn't a whole book of the Bible. His dad would take that one verse to work and just read it over and over and meditate on it and meditate on it and, and pray it out. And his, his dad is a wonderful godly man. And you just take the little thing that works for you, but get in the word. You know, one of our big thing is getting to know God for his true nature, for his true self. That's how we, we take the limits off God when we realize who we are in Christ, who God really is, what Jesus has done for us. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I, I, I always toot Dave's horn, but I love his messages and the series that he's on now, being established in his peace. In this time we're in now, that's a good place to start. So I encourage you to get maybe on our website or on our Facebook live stream and listen to those messages. Um, he just did one on being established in righteousness. That's another good place to start. Right, go ahead and type in our website on there for people to get if you like. But again, we're talking about don't limit God, the man, your woman, and we're also... And the first section here, first chapter, we're talking about wrong beliefs. In this first section of this chapter, Andrew talks about how the problem is not the government. The problem is not even right now the coronavirus. So many times the problem is right between our ears, uh, what we're thinking. And it, uh, um, he says here, our problem is not is right between our ears, the way we think and the way we believe. And also in this section, Andrew talks about, again, what's influencing our thinking and so we need to guard our heart with all diligence, the Bible says, because out of it flows the issues of life. And so we sometimes need to guard, even in seasons like this, what's influencing the way we think. Because whatever is influencing the way we think will determine whether we're going to limit God or not limit God. It starts there. It starts with a seed. It starts with a thought. Everything starts with a seed. Even a thought starts with a seed. And I want seeds of faith. I want to have seeds where... I don't limit God. God can meet all my needs and abundance so I have stuff, uh, resources to bless others. God can bless my health so I can have energy and uh, wholeness in my uh, walking divine health and wholeness so I can be ministers to others. God can fill me with His Spirit, with His Word, with His power, with the fullness of His Spirit. 
But I want the, where do I get those seeds of God? By having a relationship with God, by being in the Word. And there's some other weeds. We were just doing some weeding outside yesterday that were kind of taking over a section of the uh, front yard. And, you know, the, 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 the main plant can't grow when the, the weed, there's weeds there. And so uh, there's some influences that we need to weed out. We don't listen to the news. We don't listen to a lot of the garbage. We get enough of the headlines to know what's going on in this world. I mean, you have to uh, have, uh, no one is not knowing that there's a coronavirus going on right now unless something, you're just uh, shut up in a dungeon somewhere. You don't even know what's going on in the outside world. And I realize there's situations where people may not know because of their situation. But at the same point in time, you know, we know enough what's going on. We don't need to know all the garbage in this world. We don't have that influence in our life. We're not, that's not part of our diet. And we weed that out. And uh, there's certain friendships and, 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 and uh, uh, companionships that we, through the years, have weeded out because we don't want that influence. Uh, we never want to turn anyone away because we don't want to befriend them. But at the same point in time, it's part of having influence in my life. Uh, uh, that's where I draw the line sometimes. And so... Uh, I want the good influence. I want the good seed. And I want, to, and we're going to get into a section here that we also have influence on people. Uh, but, you know, we freely give because we freely receive. But we need to guard our own influences because that's, those, that's, where, that's where those seeds of thought are going to come from. We have to sometimes go further, up, further upstream. If, we don't, if we're thinking the wrong thing, then where are those thoughts coming from? What influence is that, those thoughts coming from? Uh, and so there's a, if there's a source where those thoughts are coming from, we need to learn how to weed those out. And, and we need to have a regular dominant diet of the Word of God and a relationship with God and like-minded people. The early church, they were steadfast with the apostles' teaching, with the fellowship, the prayer, and the, and the breaking of bread. I got those out of order. But four things, they were steadfast daily of the apostles' teaching and good, wholesome fellowship. And those are essential. Even in the, the coronavirus, you know, I keep saying over and over on Facebook, the church is not closed. The building may be, but the church is very much alive. And we, the church, can, can are deployed to reach out to people in innovative ways, even in a season like this. And you can pick up the phone. If you can pick up the phone and look at Facebook, you can pick up the phone to call somebody. And so you can call somebody, reach out to somebody, write someone a letter. The post office is not closed. UPS is not closed. Send someone a care package. Uh, some people who may be, need, need, need a little lift on finances because they're on furlough. Uh, I just reading just before the Bible study from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, that we work with our hands so we can give to those in need. Maybe blessing somebody. You know, I was at a man's conference uh, several years ago. This is before I was even introduced to Andrew Womack. But uh, there was a pastor's, uh, it was a men's retreat. And we, it was during the time of the recession we had a few uh, few years ago whatnot. And uh, the, the, the guest minister had all the men stand up who had not been able to pay their mortgage within the last month or two. And so half the congregation or the man in the audience stood up. And then he said, I want you to keep standing if, if, uh, if you have not been able to pay your mortgage in the last three months. And some people sat down. And then he kept going down the list. If you haven't been able to pay your mortgage in the last four months, keep standing. And some more people sat down. And I forget how high he went, whether five or six months. And finally there was a, about a dozen men or so still standing at six months. And he says, I've never done this before. I didn't even ask permission before, but we're going to take an offering. And we're going to bless these men and their families. 
and I thought it was one of the most awesome offerings I ever saw, where the guest speaker took an offering for the people, those in need. And so there's innovative ways that we can bless those in need, help pay someone's rent, help help uh, one another uh, in this time. I know that there's some restrictions, but the body of Christ, again, don't limit God. Uh, the only way we limit God is the way we think. Think outside the box. Get the Holy Spirit involved. Let Him teach you, how can I have a desire to meet a need, but I don't know how to do it with the resources I have and with the restrictions that are there? And Jesus was able to feed the multitudes out of the compassion He had in His heart. With, with, he didn't even have the lunch. The boy did. Twice. And He was able to meet needs uh, and feed the multitudes with 12 baskets left over. We are not limited. God was able to pay off a woman's debt through just a little bit of oil she had as she collected the jars based on the, the prophet's instructions and she paid off her debts. Peter was able to pay his taxes based on the coin that was in the fish's mouth. That's the only fish story I saw Peter catch anything. But everything was based on uh, Jesus' word. You know, uh, Elijah met his need, God met his needs of hunger by going to a place called Bear. And there the ravens fed him. God met the needs of Israel Israel for 40 years. 40 years their clothes did not wear out. And they had quail and manna uh, uh, for 40 years. And all their needs were met. Uh, we have an awesome God. But we can limit God in the way we think. We have a miracle working God. We have a God that can do the supernatural. He specializes in the supernatural. I don't care what's going on in our world. I don't care what's gone on in your life. God still has a purpose for you. God can still use you. Uh, if you have breath in your lungs and you, the Spirit of God is with you, you can, there's, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And so that's what we're getting into. Sherry, can you go ahead and read the next section for us? It says, you have a sphere of influence. That's the section we're going to read now. So. God is no respecter of persons. Acts 10.34 he wants to do absolutely miraculous things in everybody's lives. God has never made a piece of junk. He has never made an inferior person. We all have something that God wants to accomplish through us, but most of us are ignorant of this and have bought into the lie that there's nothing special about us. But the truth is that we are all unique and can do something that nobody else can. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an unexpected end. Jeremiah 29, 11. God has good thoughts toward each of us. He has a perfect plan for our lives. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139, 14. Whether our parents saw us coming or not, God knew us from the foundation of the world and has a purpose for us. Yet most of us are living way below God's standard and limiting what he wants to do in our lives. I spend over a million dollars on television airtime each month. Our ministry is increasing and we are going to keep spending more. But even if we spend $10 million a month, there are many people who will never hear of me or my ministry no matter how much money I pour into television. You have the ability to impact people whom I will never reach. We all have a sphere of influence or people whom we can reach. These are people who know us and are watching us, family members, neighbors, friends, coworkers, 
who will die and go to hell if we just sit around and wait for our pastors or another minister to talk to them. We need to rise up and let God use us to touch these people and help us reach our full potential. Whenever I ask how many people are, are called to be leaders, there are always those who don't raise their hands. They do not see themselves as leaders, but they are. Leadership is defined as influence, and all of them have influence over someone, whether it's their kids, neighbors, or friends. Some of them have more influence than others, but all of them are called to influence someone. If they don't see themselves as leaders, having influence over others, and rather think, oh, poor me, whatever will be, will be, then they are going through life like a pinball. They are just bouncing from problem to problem and whatever else they happen to bump into without any course for their lives. They need to take their God-given authority and command mountains to move. If they don't, they are limiting God. God made everyone to be a leader. This can vary according to your specific call, but if you have God Almighty living inside of you, He has a purpose for your life that will cause you to accomplish things and influence people in a way that will satisfy you. Many of you aren't influencing people in a positive way, and your life is not accomplishing anything. If you are born again, then God is living on the inside of you, and He has something important for you to do. God doesn't just sovereignly make everything work. If your life is not an absolute joy, and you aren't excited about it, if you don't have enthusiasm about your life, or where you're going, or what God is doing, you have missed God and are limiting what He wants to do in your life. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Is it okay? Yeah. And just for an example, um, we have a dear friend who's been in the hospital for months, and he was and his wife have been witnessing to the nurses and the doctors right and left, people that were outcasts, so to speak, in. Um, how others treated them got brought back to the Lord because of their influence. They loved on people. They apologized to people even though they weren't the ones that hurt them. But they, but they said, as a, as a Christian, we want to apologize to you for how you were treated. And that broke some of the, the, the staff. They've led people, nurses, um, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the hospital... If you're a, a patient lying in that bed, just like Andrew's saying, you have a purpose for your life, and God can use you right where you're at. There's, that's, you know, we, we don't have a right to limit him. Thank you, Sherry. And I know there's a lot here that Sherry just read, and uh, I want to piggyback on a few of this. Uh, and when, uh, you know, first of all, again, God's not a respecter of persons. Uh, it says that in Acts 10.34, you know. Uh, I'm not more special than you because I'm leading a Bible study. I am not more gifted than others because I'm a pastor. Uh, I, the way I see it is that we're all able ministers in the New Covenant, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. The way I see it, my job as a pastor, as a teacher, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. As an edifier of the body of Christ, which we all are, we are all influencers. We all influence people. For the good, the bad, or the ugly, we all influence people. 
As parents, you have an influence on your kids. As grandparents, your grandparents have an influence on your grandchildren. We all have influence in society. And with that, because we all have an influence, we are all leaders. God made us all leaders. God made us more than conquerors and through Christ Jesus. And when I look at the congregation, when I look at people, when I look at you, whoever you are, I see you as leaders. Now, you might not feel like a leader, but it's not based on what you feel. It's based on what God says. It's not based on different things. I don't always feel like a good leader, but I know I am. I know that's what God's called me to be, and whatnot. I'm so therefore I want to be a good leader. I don't want to limit God. And with great, and I learned this from a Spider-Man movie years ago, but with great power comes great responsibility. And we are children of God. We are different. We are uh, part of the kingdom of light and the kingdom of God. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. We have the Spirit of God. We have the, the anointing of God. We have, we have the anointing one in us. And, and so uh, we have great responsibility as disciples and as believers to, to make disciples of all nations. And we have a great responsibility of, 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 of influence. And so uh, a couple other things I want to just piggyback on. Uh, you know, Andrew says we need to rise up and let God use us to touch these people and help us reach them, uh, them to our help help us reach out our full potential. That's my heart for you. That's my heart for everyone we come in contact. That's my heart for Sherry. Is that we all come to our full potential. Uh, I, that's my that's my job description is to help you in any way I can and to do to fulfill your potential. Your full potential, not just part of it, not just a section of it, not just in this season. I don't care how old you are, what your gender is, or what not, what your culture or nationality is. You have a purpose. And God, has, God uh, has a purpose for your life. And God wants to use your life in this generation, in this society, for a divine purpose. And so and we want to bless you with that. Um, and also, Andrew also talks about how some people are just bouncing about, around from problem to problem and whatever else they, they happen to, to bump into. Uh, and so he goes on to say they need to take their God-given authority and command mountains to move. If they, uh, if they don't move, they're limiting God. You know, sometimes we, there's things that we want to do, but we don't have the resources or there's a, there's a mountain in the way or whatever the case may be. We have authority in our relationship with God to make mountains move. To calm the sea, uh, whatever the case, we can, you know, when Jesus fed the multitudes uh, the second time, and uh, and, uh, and uh, Jesus and they, and then Jesus uh, right after that scene, he was walking on the water to them in the boat, and that whole scene, and I know I'm kind of giving the uh, synopsis of that. Uh, they didn't believe that God could do this because they didn't believe God could do this. Uh, that Jesus said that they didn't do this because their hearts were hardened. When we are not expecting God to do the miraculous, the Bible, or Jesus says, that is because of a hard heart. I'm not trying to get into all that because that's a whole topic we could talk all night about. But uh, when we are limiting God, we do that because we have a hardened heart. And yeah, we have a miracle working God. And God wants to use us. It says, and actually I want to go to another scripture real quick, here in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Yeah. 
2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, Paul says this, Now all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of the uh, to the glory of God through us. Paul says that all of the promises of God in him, in Christ, are yes, and in him are amen. Amen means so be it. So all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. But then he goes, and we always miss this part, to the glory of God by us or through us. God, all the promises are yes and amen. Yes means yes. It doesn't mean no. You know, I mean, I, I think we understand the word yes, but the word amen means so be it. All of the promises, not just some of them, not just the top ten. Not ju it's not just a lucky draw. It's a, all the promises of God are amen to the glory of God. God is glorified when his promises are being appropriated in our lives. God is glorified when his promises are being manifested in our lives. And, and we miss this part a lot of times because I, I don't hear it quoted very often. But all the promises of God are yes and amen in, in him to the glory of God by us or through us. God has orchestrated, God has ordained that all the promises of God be yes and amen to the glory of God by us, through us. God wants to use his people. God wants to use his church. God wants to use his body. God has equipped the saints for the work of the ministry so that he in us and through us can, can, can manifest all of his promises. I don't know about you, but that is awesome. That God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to his power that is at work in us. His power is at work in us. It's not at work absent of us. It's at work in us. And we limit God when by our stinking thinking, we don't think that God can use us. When we think that God, we don't have an influence. That we are not in, important. You were so important that God died for you. You were so important that God that valued you enough that he died for you. And if you read Ephesians chapter 1, the awesome prayer of Paul, that God has invested himself into you. God, has, God doesn't make poor investments. God has invested everything. He said in Luke that he's giving you the keys of the kingdom. He said in Luke that to my Father's pleasure that he gives you the kingdom. If you have the keys of the kingdom, I mean, just think of a business that you would love to have. I mean, running in and out burgers or some big uh, uh, industrial or, 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 or uh, Amazon. Just think of your own Amazon, you know, right now. And maybe there's some anti-Amazon people out there. I don't know. I'm not trying to offend anybody. But I just, I'm just, just trying to example. think of a book with that. Just an example. Just an example of of of, of, of a company that that's making it right now, and even in a situation uh, that we're in right now. But if you own Amazon, you have the keys of that kingdom. You know, you, you you're doing good. You have a lot of responsibility in your hands to keep that company going and everything and everything that goes through that. But God is giving you the key, keys of the kingdom of all kingdoms. Don't limit God. What's influencing your thinking? And, uh, and, you know, we can be so influenced when we look at our... I mean, I said this one. We can be so limited when we look at our pocketbook, look at our bank account, look at our, our doctor's report, look at our economic status, 
and different things. Look at the restrictions we have now because of this coronavirus. But we're part of the kingdom of God, and we are not limited by space. We are not limited by natural things. And we don't have to limit God. And we, are, we have a, not only do we not have to limit God in our life, but we have a sphere of influence in this world. The Bible says that we are the light of the world. The Bible says that we are the salt of the earth. The Bible says in, in Revelation chapter 3 that he has redeemed us by his blood that we would be kings and priests to reign on the earth. God has given us the keys of the kingdom. That ever we bound will be bound. Whatever we loose will be loose. God has given us the keys of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not here or there. The kingdom of God is within us. The kingdom of God, Romans 4, 17 says, is, is, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you don't have peace and joy right now, even in the season we're going through, it's because you're not seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I didn't say that to offend you, I'm saying that to help you. My, the, the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. We should be, have fullness of joy. We should be, we have a covenant of peace. I'm going to be talking about that this next Easter Sunday, about a covenant of peace that we have with God. It's a covenant. God honors his word above his name. We have a covenant. We have an everlasting covenant of peace. Uh, and, and, and it's a gospel of peace. We read about that this morning. And so peace and joy are part of the kingdom of God. And that's the kingdom is within us. And we are ministers of that kingdom to the world. We are supposed to go throughout the world preaching that the kingdom of God is here. It's here. It's within us, and we have the keys of that kingdom. Uh, Andrew goes on to say, God has made everyone to be a leader. If your life is not an absolute joy, you aren't excited and aren't excited about it. If you don't have enthusiasm about your life or where you're going or what God is doing, you have missed God and are limiting what he wants to do in your life. There should be joy. You know, our joy is not dependent on our circumstances. Our joy is not dependent upon our pocketbook and different things. Our joy comes from the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And after I'm done with this series on Sunday mornings about peace, I'm going to be talking about the spirit of joy. There needs to be joy ringing in the house of God. And the house is not the building. The house is us. We are the house of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so joy should be ringing. There should be a jubilant sound of joy uh, that should be coming from the people of God. Because we are saved. We have everything we need in Christ Jesus. Is that making sense? I'm hoping I'm making sense to everyone this morning. Uh, this afternoon. Excuse me. But uh, any other thoughts, uh, Sherry? No? You doing good? Okay. Well, if you can, Sherry, you can read a little bit more. It says, God called you to do something beyond yourself. When God spoke to me on January 31st, 2002, out of Psalm 78, it revolutionized my life. This psalm was written for the younger generation to see what the older generation did so they could learn not to limit God and not to grieve Him like their parents did. This is powerful. The Lord used this psalm to completely change my life. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Psalm 78, verse 41. God spoke this very simple passage to me in 2002 
And I pray that he speaks this to you too. No one has exhausted God's ability, resources, or power for their lives. God is infinite. God is huge. Your life ought to be a reflection of that. If you can look at your life and say, well, I went to school, I did this, that, and I earned the things I have, you have missed God. Your life should be a testimony that when people ask how you're doing, you have missed God. Your life should be a testimony that when people ask how you're doing, what you're doing, and why you're so blessed, you can only say that there's no explanation outside of God. If you can point to your great education, your charisma, or your ability, then you have missed God. If your life isn't supernatural, it's superficial. God will call you to do something that is beyond yourself. He will call you to do something that is bigger than yourself. If it's something you can do on your own, I doubt you have heard from God. For instance, God called me to preach the word while I was an introvert. I couldn't look someone in the face and talk to them when I was in high school. <coughs> but now I speak to millions and millions of people. God called me to do something that is absolutely beyond me. God had me do thing, things that there's no human explanation for. I don't have an answer to why God's blessings are so big on my ministry. It's beyond my natural ability. I'm not doing anything except loving Jesus and holding on to him. I can't point to my ministry and tell you that it's blessed because of my great talent or ability. As a matter of fact, if I were God, I wouldn't have chosen me. I like this section. Uh, again, we're talking about Don't Limit God from Andrew Womack. We're in the chapter, uh, excuse me again, Law and Beliefs. And the section Sherry just read is called God Called You to Do Something Beyond Yourself. And again, I just want to encourage you, if you have a question, a comment, or whatever, feel free to put it on the uh, on comments here. Uh, I know we have one person on the phone, uh, Nancy, go ahead, feel free to ask any questions as we, we go forward. Uh, but anyway, you know, I like this uh, chapter or this section that Andrew has just mentioned, you know, when he says, if we're not living supernaturally, we are living superficially. We are supernatural beings. We are born again. We are born of God. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are the body of Christ. And you know, just that phrase, we are born of God, just, I don't know about you, but it lights my fire. And if it doesn't light your fire, then maybe your wood's wet. And I'm not saying that to offend you, but I'm trying to light a fire here. And, uh, you know, we just need... Uh, and I throw these things I'm getting from Andrew too, because he will say something along those lines. If, you're, if, I, if it's not lighting your fire, your wood's wet. You know? And so we need to, we need to live supernaturally. And I'm not talking, we're not, when we're talking about don't limit God, we're not talking about natural stuff. We're talking about we are spiritual beings. We're born of the Spirit of God. We are born of, of, the, of the seed, intercorruptible seed of God. We're not, again, I'm chopping my words here, but it says we are born again, not a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the Word of God. It says in 1 Peter 1.23. You know, Paul, I mean, Andrew goes on and says, God will call you to do something that is beyond yourself. He will call you to do something that is bigger than yourself. If it's something you can do on your own, I doubt you have heard from God. For instance, he goes into how God called his own ministry. I believe that when God calls you to do something, it will be bigger than you. It will be something that you have to completely depend on God for. 
because you can't depend on him. I mean, you can't depend on yourself. Excuse me, I said that wrong. Uh, you know, if, if it's God, and we limit God, if what you're trusting God for, if what you're believing God for, if what you're seeing God use you in is something you can do, then I, I, I agree with Andrew that we, are, we have not come to our full potential that we have in Christ Jesus of living our life to our full potential. God wants to do something in your life in this age, in this day, even with the coronavirus that is beyond you. Because it's not just you. Paul said it this way, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. That means everything to me. My whole life, I wake up every day thinking of that verse. It's not me, it's God who's living in me. I remember several years ago, and I've taught this before, uh, those of you who have followed us before, but it says that uh, when, when I, was, I was reading the verse in 2 Corinthians 3, 18 years ago, and uh, alongside with Galatians 2, 20, which I just quoted, there's no, I'm crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives me. And I remember God asked me a very specific question. He said, Dave, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? Now, a mirror is not a window where you can look through. A mirror is a reflective device, so whatever you look at, whatever space in the mirror, you're going to see that reflection. And when I look into a mirror, pretend this is a mirror, that whenever I look into the mirror, I see me. And I told God when he asked me, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? He, I said, I see Dave. Because every time I look in the mirror, I showed up. I was looking in the mirror, and every time I looked in the mirror, I saw me. And I knew I'd ask the, answer the question wrong when God asked me the question again. Dave, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? And finally, it dawned on me that when I see, when I look in the mirror, I should see Christ. But it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the Word of God says, that James says in the Word of God, that the, the Word of God is a mirror. And if we don't know what we look like, then we need to look at the Word of God says. It says in Psalm of Psalms, chapter 4, verse 7, You are all fair, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We can do all things through Christ <coughs> who gives us strength. There's, we don't need to limit God. We need to get our focus on God because when we get a true revelation of who He is, we will also get a true revelation of who we are in Him. Because whoever we are, we are because we are in Him. And we need to get our focus on Him and not our focus on our, our limitations. If, if our pocketbook is limiting us, if our health is limiting us, if our resources are limiting us, then we have, are dreaming too small. And, and sometimes if we dream too small, we will hit it every time. I think Michelangelo said something, something along those lines, that when we set goals, and I'm going to chop this up a little bit, but we, we need to aim high. Because if you aim too low, you will hit that vision every time. I want God's dream and vision and purpose for my life to be a God-sized dream and vision. It might not be the next Billy Graham. It may not be the next Andrew Womack. But it will be what God has ordained for my life to be. And that, to me, success is not how much money I have in the bank. Success to me is not my location. Success to me is being in the center of God's will. Doing exactly what God has ordained me to do. No matter who, how old I am, what, what side of the tracks I was born on, we could all say we're born on the wrong side of the tracks if we were looking peel back the onion far enough. And we, and we are all sinners. We were all saved by grace. Uh, God, Andrew says, God doesn't have anyone qualified working for him yet. 
We all have a story to tell. But God has a purpose and a plan and for our life, and God wants to use us, and God wants to use us supernaturally. God, don't limit God. Maybe you've had a bad past. Maybe you've made mistakes. And, and I'm not okaying sin. I'm not giving credit to sin. Grace will teach us to deny ungodliness. But I am teaching no matter what you've done, His grace is stronger. His love is stronger. His blood is stronger. His forgiveness and mercy is stronger. That God ha can restore what the canker worm has eaten, according to Joel chapter 2. God wants to restore the years wasted in love. God wants to give you double honor instead of shame. We read about that this morning in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 2. Also, it says the same thing in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7. That God wants to, instead of shame, He wants to give you double honor. Whatever the, that sin has destroyed, whatever is your limit, God wants to restore to you double. God has a purpose for your life. But we need to change the way we think. We need to change what's influencing our lives. We need to have an, a relationship with God so that grace and peace can be multiplied to us in the knowledge of Him. We need to change the way we think. We need to think supernaturally. We need to dream <coughs> excuse me, big because we have a big, big God and we have a good, good Father. Amen? Amen. Hopefully I'm making sense what time it is. Uh, you know, I'm saying we just need to limit God. Maybe God's already using you in great ways. Well, it's time to think bigger. It's time to, as I think the prayer of Jabez goes something along this way. We need to, to lengthen our our tip pegs. We need to we need to lengthen those things. Think big, think big, dream big. Ask God. He says that we have it on our wall. No, you can't see it on the video. But he says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to him, and, and he, trust in him, and he will bring the desires of past. We put this on our wall because a few years ago, we had nothing. We lost everything. Between 2009 2013, we lost our home. We lost our cars. We lost our jobs. We lost everything. We even lost our purpose. And in the midst of all of that, we were introduced to Andrew Womack. His, his, his book that we're using now, Don't Limit God, we went to his Bible college. But before all of that started, we had a dream. And we've always had a dream for God, God to use us in ministry. We've been in ministry, but at the time we were not for different reasons. And, but we weren't in ministry at this time. But we had a dream. We had a desire to get back into ministry for God to use us. We had lost our purpose. We lost our way for many different reasons. Some of those financial, but there were some other things going on at two at the time. But anyway, we had a dream, and we, one of those things at the time, we wanted to go to, back to Bible college. We wanted to go to Andrews Bible college, but we didn't have a job, we didn't have a dime, we didn't have a car, we didn't even have a phone. We didn't have nothing. But long story short, I've been, work, work, I've been looking for a job for five years. I, went from, I was looking from anything from McDonald's, Taco Bell, to anything I could do. Uh, and, and, uh, but I, could, I didn't even give an interview. I never got an interview for five years. And, it, you know, I was with 30 temp agencies, but I couldn't get a job. <coughs> I could tell you story after story after story, but I just couldn't get a job. But God told us to go to Bible college. You know, and that just sounded a little backwards to, to, to some people. But uh, some people encouraged me to get my life together. Uh, before I went to Bible college, I and said, and said, in case I hit the bottom, I go, I've been in the bottom for five years. I can't hit the bottom. I've been camping out on the bottom. When you're on the bottom, you can't fall any further. 
I mean, we were camped out on the bottom. And when God opens a door, opens a window, and says, trust me in this, I'm going to give it a try. Because the worst I can do is fail, and I've already been on the bottom for five years. And God told us to go to Bible college. And Sherry had started picking up a job, and so we had a little bit of money. We were going to put that towards restoring the car, or the registration of the car, and get that up and running so we can go to our jobs. But uh, God said to go to Bible college, so we enrolled not just one of us, but both of us, not just part-time, but full-time, two of us full-time at Karis Bible College. And within one hour of doing that, for the first time in five years, I got a job. I got a job. And that's a beautiful story, and we'll share that a little bit later, uh, later on a different time, those of you who haven't heard it. But, and then within months, God gave us a car. God, I mean, God gave us a job. God gave us, God gave us vehicles. And uh, long story short, but we went from not only for, with a job, I, went, I restored my business, my bookkeeping business back up and going again. I had 11 clients within a week or two. And before you knew it, we, we were starting a church. And even with this church that we started now, we have lighthousesabbatship.org. God has blessed us so much, we are totally out of debt. We have a home. We have cars and vehicles that have been given to us. We have, God has met every single need. This church, this ministry, that we started without a dime to our name. God has brought in almost, almost a quarter million dollars through this ministry. We have a very small ministry. We, through live streaming, we are reaching countries all over the world. We read, reached Belgium this morning. We were reaching people all over uh, the Middle East and, 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 and uh, Asia and Africa and South America, almost every continent. Uh, today, we, right now, through this own live stream, we have someone from Dominican Republic watching. And so we have, we're reaching people all over the world from our own living room. And we have nothing. But, and we're not done. We have more things that God wants us to do in this day, in this hour, in this generation. We want to increase our live streaming so we can reach countries with better technology. And so even this type of Bible study, we can have a better uh, interface for that. But if we're not limiting God, and at the same point in time, we're not stopping. We're going to go forward and doing what God's called us to do because we know who we are. We know what God's called us to do, and we're going to do it. And, uh, we're not going to limit God. And there are some areas where we have limited God, and that's where we haven't seen the great fruit. But where we have trusted Him, committed our way to Him, God has brought that desire to pass. Do you have something, Trey? Just, and please don't, I'm, I'm laughing because this, this isn't a bad laugh. It's as people have asked us through the years, what was your formula? What got you out of that season? And I, most of the time, I want to say, there's no formula. What the heck? There's no formula. There's no right or wrong way to get healed. There's no right or wrong way to, to, to trust God other than to trust Him. But if you want a formula to get out of whatever you're in, exactly what Dave said, don't limit God and just trust Him and seek Him with all your heart. That relationship with God, if, that, if, if you want to know the formula that got us out of that five years, we had one thought in our head that whole time, only God. Only God can do this. Only God can get us out. Did we look for work? Yes. Anything and anything. Everything that we could remotely do that you would think an able-bodied person could get a job. Um, we tried anything to, to get a job and nothing came in. But that one 
top thought was, but God, 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 God. And we, ju we just trusted him and put our faith and hope in him. And not saying we didn't have bad days. We, we were discouraged because, like Dave said, we had lost our purpose. But we were so focused on that God would, would get us out. It was God that would lead us. And if, if you want a formula, exactly what we've talked about tonight, don't limit God and trust Him. Also with that, during that season, we because we went to Bible college, we were surrounded by like-minded ministers. We went to Bible college four, four days a week, four hours a day. So 16 hours a week, we were getting good teaching, good worship, good fellowship. And that, that atmosphere helped us keep our minds stayed upon Him. And that diet, we were growing. We were growing in our knowledge of Him. And so we had a discipline. You know, the word disciple and the word discipline are very similar in the Greek. A disciple is basically a disciplined learner. Sometimes we have to discipline ourselves to get where we want to go. An athlete, an Olympian, any successful <coughs> athlete has had to discipline themselves in the, the, the whatever their, their training, whether it's been an art or whether it's been a, 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 a sport or a, a, a hobby or whatever. Anyone who's been successful has had to have discipline in that area. And so we, we're disciples of Christ. And we need to have a relationship with God. If we want any relationship to work, a marriage, any relationship to work, we have to work at it. We have to spend time with each other. If you don't work, if you're not working on your marriage, uh, your marriage is it, it, not, it's not, one, it's not to its full potential, and it has a, a high potential of falling apart. You have to work at your marriage. You have to work in any relationship you have. As parents, as grandparents, we have to work at our relationships. We have to work. We, 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 yes, we want to enter into his rest, but the Bible says that we have to labor to enter into that rest. There's a labor of entering into that rest. There's a rest for the people of God. There's promises. Yes, the grace of God will, be, will uh, teach us an eye and guidance. Yes, his grace and peace will be multiplied to us that we can receive everything that pertains to life and godliness. But it also says in 2 Peter 3.18 that we need to grow in grace. We have to grow. If you're going to grow something, you're going to have to water it. You're going to have to fertilize it. We need to, you, you know, Andrew has a teaching, effortless change. There's an effortless change that can happen in your life, financially, relationally, health-wise, but there's an effort to get into the Word of God. The Word of God is our seat. It's our bread. It's our daily bread. Daily is the operative word there. It's our bread, but we need it daily. How many of you eat every day? How many of those who have been hoarding food have been eating every day over the last, under quarantine? We need to eat every day. Well, we need to eat spiritually every day if we're going to grow. We are washed by the water of the Word. We need to be watered every day. We need water. Why do you think water is... People are hoarding water because they need water. And so we need water to live. But we need the water of God's Word. We need the seed and the food. But some of us are feeding on the bread of sorrow. Some of us are feeding on the information from this world. And and that information is is it's influencing our influencer. <laughs> It's influencing our mind, what we think on, what we dwell on. But we need, there's some things that we need to weed out of our diet, and there's some things that we need to put into our diet. 
So we have good, wholesome thoughts. And so we have thoughts of faith and not thoughts of fear. And, and I don't know about you, but when I read the stories, when I read the Word of God, my faith is united. I, can, I want to, to preach the kingdom of God here. I want to heal the sick. I want to raise the dead. I want to move the mountains. I want to, to, to depart the Red Sea. I want to do what Moses did. I want to do what David did. I want to do what Joseph and Daniel and other people did. I want to do what the heroes of faith did. Well, faith comes by the hero of the Word of God. We need to be in the Word of God. That needs to be our diet. But if that's not our diet, instead of the number one diet that we have is the, is the bread of sorrows, the bread of this world, we're, we're going in the wrong direction. We're feeding our, our body, our spiritual body, our emotional body, our mind, our, our will and emotions, information, and we're influencing, ourse we're influencing ourselves with information that is contrary to the Word of God. Bible, Jesus said that by our philosophies, we make the Word of God of no effect. We can, by our natural traditions, by our natural way of thinking, we can make the Word of God of no effect. I want the Word of God effectual in my life. Philemon, go with me real quick to Philemon, verse 6. Philemon is the book right before Hebrews. I can quote it to you, but I want to read it to you, because I want you, if you have a Bible, to turn to it. But Philemon, verse 6. Again, I want to encourage you, if you have a comment, question, uh, feel free to put it in the comments if you're listening uh, tonight. This is supposed to be a Bible study, so I want people to feel like they can interact with this. I'm not, I'm not trying to preach. I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach and facilitate a Bible study. But I, I, unless I have questions, I, I just go keep going. But it says in Bible verse 6, it says that the sharing or the communication of your faith may become effect, effective or Effective or effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Your faith will become effectual as you acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. How many of us want our faith to be effectual? I know I do. I want my faith to be effective. And that's where a lot of people get frustrated. They want their faith to be effective. But it becomes effectual as we acknowledge every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus. There's over 300 scriptures on what God, Paul writes to us, just Paul alone, on the things that are in us in Christ Jesus. There's over 300 scriptures. How are we going to know what those things are if we're not in the Word of God and learning those things? We, Paul says to Timothy that all scripture is inspired by God for doctrine and reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God might be fully equipped for every good work. We need to be in the Word of God so we can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I want my faith to be effective and effectual. And I need to acknowledge every good thing that's in me in Christ Jesus. Uh, I feel like I've got a lot of different rabbit trails. What we're talking about, don't limit God. And part of what Andrew's been teaching in his book is what's influencing us. Where's our mind? Are we living supernaturally? Are we living superficially? Um... We have a sphere of influence, but we need to be influenced by the Word of God so that we can be influential in our world. Is that making sense? I'm hoping I'm making sense. I know we have people following us, uh, so just wave at me, say hello or something. I'm making sure I'm saying uh, uh, I'm, I'm communicating well. You know, when we have a live Bible study, I can see people's faces, I can see people's interaction, but when we do a live stream like this, you can only see mine. 
and so uh, I don't know how, how, how well I'm doing. So anyway, um, uh, any questions, thoughts, comments, Sherry? Uh, just, uh, yeah, go ahead. What did you say, Nancy? Okay. Okay. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you. For, for those for those online who might not have heard, uh, I have our friend Nancy on the phone. Um, she she said that they've sounded great and that she could she could picture him. Okay. <laughs> um, but again, for anyone online, please feel free to again, like Dave said, write a comment or question um, as you're listening, and um, if you would prefer to reach out, not in, in the group, um, message us, um, our phone numbers on our website, you know, reach out for prayer, um, questions, um, your, your needs, um, we're the body of Christ and we're, we're here to help. Okay, and uh, I just want to repeat some of the things I said at the beginning because I know now of you were online, we're, we're going through the book Don't Limit God by Andrew Womack, uh, and uh, we're... I know we're doing this online. We'll probably do this online for the next few weeks. I mean, we might even do it ongoing in some regard. But just like for Nancy and others who have been part of our live study for a while, we'll probably repeat this again uh, when we get back into normalcy, uh, whatever that is. Uh, and, and, and the next uh, few weeks, hopefully, uh, we'll get back. In, so we're not going to miss anything. But while we're in this restriction and different things, we're going to continue going forward. And we're going to be fruitful and mindful. And uh, the Bible says, occupy till I come. And so we're going to occupy our time. We're going to use this time wisely to uh, feed those who are hungry uh, for more of God. And we can benefit from this. We can benefit from not limiting God God. And even with all the restraints going on right now and the different things, we are not limited. And so we can do all things through Christ that gives us strength. And we might be limited by some natural resources, but we're not limited by God resources. And so we can still reach out to people. We are The church is not closed. The building may be, but the church is not closed. The tomb is empty, but the church is not empty. Uh, Christ is in us. Christ is, and uh, we are the head and not the tail. We are doing, the church is doing just fine. But God has given us pastors, teachers, Andrew Womax, and others to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We have equipped you for times like this. We have equipped you so that in times like this, we, the church, can be deployed to reach a world that needs Jesus. People need Jesus. And I'm hearing stuff all over the world right now that there's revivals going on in Brazil. There's revivals going on.